This is the Elevators Podcast. We discuss all things elevating your life, work, and relationships as you are building your business and yourself. Here is your host, yours truly, Dylan Buck. Welcome back. Uh, this week, I got to capture a conversation with the CEO of a company called Commit Action. It's a company that myself and soon-to-be regional director, Amberly Kessler, have both been customers of for the last several months. And uh, I wanted to share this conversation on the Elevators podcast because outside accountability and specifically this service has added significant value to our business. And I'm confident it would do the same for any business owner that's listening. So as we talk about all the time, the best investment that you can make is an investment in yourself. So being believers in that, we saw a lot of value in investing money to be held accountable to doing the things that we knew we needed to do in order to accomplish the goals that we have for ourselves and to break the records that we have in our sites. So every week we get to connect with an accountability coach that holds us to our highest selves activities and ways of being. And it's been a great reminder every week. The CEO's name is Peter Shallard. Uh, Peter's a renowned business psychology expert and psychotherapist gone renegade. <laughs> he works with all types of entrepreneurs around the globe as they strive to reach their greater goals of wealth, freedom, and social impact. Uh, he's also known as the shrink for entrepreneurs. He's an advisor, confident, and the secret weapon to the world's most elite superhuman founders and business owners. Peter and his team now work with clients at the intersection of business and psychology, Right, that being commitaction.com. And it's a service for entrepreneurs that pairs accountability coaching with cutting-edge digital productivity tracking tools. So I found Peter's articulation extremely palatable, and the content made me even more grateful for the systems that we have in place here at Family Heritage for recognition, for social accountability, and just for the network of high achievers that we're blessed enough to partner with. So I hope you enjoy and uh, take in Peter's content. Here is the CEO of Commit Action, Peter Shallard. Welcome back to the Elevators Podcast. This week, I'm sitting down with Peter, who is the CEO of Commit Action. Um, I've been a part of Commit, Commit Action team for the last three, actually, I guess four months now, and it's been a, a huge help for me. But thank you so much, Peter, for taking some time and, and hanging out with us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, absolutely, man. But uh, yeah, I guess in general, again, I asked Peter if you would just come on and talk about the, the psychology of, of uh, accountability. And, uh, I guess when you think about when you're talking about accountability in general, cause anything you talk about in regards to that topic specifically will pertain to everybody that we work with. So what are some of the first things that you like to bring up and talk about? Yeah, I think we, I think we live in, uh, sort of a culture of like productivity optimization, right? Like the reason we're having this conversation, the reason it's interesting is that if you're, you know, you're an ambitious person, you're an entrepreneur, you're self-employed or you're an executive or maybe you're a creative, right? Like I think even artists in this world kind of get into this. We all human beings who are playing this game of goal attainment, of level of upward mobility, of leveling themselves up in life kind of have this oftentimes crushing sensation that they're not being as effective as they're supposed to be. 
Yeah. Right. This is an ongoing feeling that we live with for some people almost daily. There's an inner battle between these mental sock puppets that we have between, you know, satisfaction and satiatedness around like feeling full, feeling like our cup runneth over, that life is enough. And the sense that we have, you know, high expectations for ourselves that are yet to be fulfilled. Um, and I think that's really like if you want to really zoom out, that's what my career has been about. It's certainly what my startup, you know, commit action, the company you're a customer of. That's what that's what drove me to start that thing and, and is really behind what we built is the sense that, yeah, humans, particularly the ambitious, smart ones, uh, just have this sense that they're not getting enough done, that they're not being as effective. And I think that my guess is your audience will relate to the sense that like no one has higher expectations for yourself than you. Um, and so, you know, we've seen, uh, we've seen in the last 50 years or so, a massive industry spring up around this idea that, Hey, like you can be doing more, you can be effective, you can be more productive, like often in raw economic terms of like, do more, create more value, get paid more. Um, it's a big industry and it's predicated on convincing people that there's something broken, um, that something wrong with them that needs to be fixed to enable them to achieve that kind of high level of productivity that they're, that they're ultimately seeking. Right. And so, you know, I might like, maybe we can jump into a little bit of background of, you know, how I kind of got here. My background is in psychology. I, my first business was a brick and mortar psychotherapy practice back in New Zealand, where I'm from originally. Um, and I started working with, uh, I started doing clinical work with referrals from, you know, primary care physicians, but I, I, I kind of lucked my way into working with entrepreneurs. And, uh, when I, I, I ended up building a practice supporting entrepreneurs with their mental health and their psychology. And I started to really see like this insane kind of like bugbear, this monkey on their backs about like, got to do more, got to be more, got to get more done is a real big problem. That's what led me to kind of exploring the idea that became, that ultimately became commit action. Um, and I went down a rabbit hole of, you know, I've been, I've always been a fan of evidence-based psychology, right? Like the science of psychology, which is a pretty narrow size slice of the psychology pie. Like, you know, this is a field founded by dudes in central Europe with big beards who did some pretty interesting drugs and used to write books about their dreams, right? So only, only fairly recently did science put on a lab coat, you know, get out its, get out its uh, test tubes and actually start paying attention to like empirical truth. And uh, there's some really interesting stuff that, that that sort of that we can learn about this productivity question. Um, and one of the places, one of the things that I think is, you know, really remarkable and counterintuitive that a lot of high achievers don't realize is this. Most of your productivity problems are really downstream consequences of isolation. You know, we, our labor has completely and utterly transformed. And I, I work a lot with entrepreneurs. And, and I think that I think anyone in the knowledge economy, anyone doing work with their brain, this has happened to, but entrepreneurs are like the absolute red hot center of this bullseye of this transformation that's occurred. Because, you know, if you think about being self-employed, starting a business in your grandfather's time, grandmother's time, what does it look like? You know, immediately, as you say that in your grandparents' time, it conjures up an image of, you know, a shop, there's people running around, 
there's like stacks of paper. There's maybe a guy with a telephone yelling something at another guy, right? Like there's this frenetic energy to that, or it's a, you know, it's a retail shop or it's a factory. It's a workshop shop, right? Or a factory. There's like activity and there's humans. And that's a really, that, that's a, that's an environment in which human beings really thrive, right? Like you come to a place like that, you immerse yourself in that energy. Stuff's going to get done ideas and people and things are bouncing around, right? There's like economic activity is happening there. Productivity is probably happening there. And in our generation, like in our, in our lifetime, right? You and me just looking at us roughly probably the same generation ish. This, the definition of entrepreneurial labor has completely shifted and it's shifted because of this technology revolution. It's shifted because of the invention of the microprocessor ubiquitous internet it's completely changed the world where now if you look at someone who's creating like now when you picture entrepreneur if you if you google search or if you type into a uh, stock photography website entrepreneur what you get is a picture of someone on top of a mountain holding a laptop (laughs) and the mountain is an aspirational stand-in for their basement and their cool like (laughs) patagonia outerwear is an is an aspirational stand-in for their pajamas (laughs) (laughs) A lot of a lot of the most ambitious driven people in the world today, uh, when they sit down to engage in the creation of their future, to work on building the thing that they have in mind, creating the life that they want, that best version of themselves that they're striving to in the future, what that labor actually looks like is quietly like pecking away at a keyboard in a state of total isolation. And I think that the human that human beings as individuals aren't ready for that change right like our we're running you know we're 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 operating in this environment with with 100 million year old hardware our brains haven't changed but the environment has completely shifted and as a culture we're not ready for this change right like we're still just figuring this out in real time now i've been like giving this talk and explaining this before the covid pandemic and then in 2020, it got to a whole other level where like literally everyone found themselves on their laptop in their PJs. So, you know, we live in a, we live in a crisis of, we, we live in a crisis of isolation. It's the major social pathology of our time. And I think that, I think that most of, most people's efforts and certainly most, uh, most of the pitches that you hear and see the products and services built to help people get more done aren't focused on the right thing. They're not addressing this fundamental issue of isolation. And if you really want to, if you're an ambitious person, you want to level up what you're capable of. The first place you've got to look at is the psychological environment that you're operating in, the place your brain is, where it's marinating, what the inputs are, because it's going to be that that can drive really material changes in your ability to become an execution machine. Um, yeah, that's my whole thesis. So for people that are, you know, very much so maybe in that isolation or moving more towards isolation, um, I guess, what are some of the, the first action steps that you guys encourage for them to, you know, really level up or, you know, start to see very progressive steps in their, in their business as an entrepreneur? Yeah, I think it's to, 
it's to recognize that um, it's the, the the big thing is to recognize that you are a social primate. You know, you're hardwired to like that's just what we are as human beings. We're we're an animal that that, that works in groups. Um, we're hardwired to perform at the best version of ourselves when we're connected to others. And so, you know, the, it sounds like a sales pitch because I, I built a company that helps with us, but. <laughs> It isn't. We actually don't. We we actually don't want to have a monopoly on people's on people's connection to other human beings, um, and so it it is the. I think it's like the most fun and counterintuitive like career enhancing productivity advice you can give is to seek more connection to others. And so, like what we you know what we've found, and certainly what there's a lot of evidence for is that finding people that you can be connected to who share the journey that you want, that you're on creating, which looks in practical terms, like creating the peer mastermind group, right. Or seeking one out where it's like, Hey, like every month I, I sit down with like five other guys who are doing what I'm doing. And we talk about how it's going. Um, this has a really material effect, right? Like if you're, if you are working from a remote place, think about what you can do day to day, to day with that environment. Right. I think part of the reason there's this whole kind of trope in our society of like working at the coffee shop, right? Why is that such a such a thing? Why are humans so into working at the coffee shop? It's because there's something going on deep at the back of our monkey mind, right? Like our mammalian like inner brain that just feels better when we're around others, right? And it's true. It's it's a hundred million years of us knowing that if we're like built, if we're working on something with the other monkeys, then it's probably going to work out better, right? Like that's that's kind of how it, that's kind of how it goes. And so, yeah, seeking out seeking out social support is a really you know some uh, is a really significant unlock that a human can do to to dramatically increase their productivity. And you know, I encourage anyone who's listening to this, like any entrepreneur, to like search their minds for the examples of when. You know, somebody called you, an old friend who's a colleague, like someone who does what you do or something close to it, and just like phones you up, blows up your phone, just bullshits with you about whatever. And the effect that that has on you behaviorally, right? Like you, you hang up that call and it's refreshing. There's a, there's an energy, there's a reinvigoration that happens when that, that kind of lifeline of social contact is established. So, um, you know, seeking that stuff out out and making a routine out of it is actually really important that and I think it's really hard to do because we like animization of human of human lives is is a real thing you know we're living at the the time in human history where the most people are saying that they're lonely and it's because all of that stuff is optional and it used to be required right like that's the g shift I'm talking about you used to have to have a shop to build a business Right. You used to have to be in person with people. And now now all of that is optional. And so I think like I'm kind of on a mission to make people realize that it is uh, that it is ultimately something that we need to make mandatory for ourselves in order to be the best version of ourselves. Well, I know. I mean, as as an entrepreneur, as somebody who's building a business, I mean, the thing that was really attractive to me about the whole commit action model is having accountability outside of you know the business that we work in. Uh, with somebody that had no skin in the game, but was going to hold me accountable to doing the things that I know that I needed to do in order to accomplish things that I wanted to accomplish. Um, so that's been awesome. And just to give you a little bit of context, so we work with um, sales professionals all over the United States that you know work directly with businesses, right? Walk into a business, connect with a business owner, and then from there, talk to their employees. So we are out talking to people, but the 
you know, the other people that are also participating in our career are in different places. So very rarely once a month, you're out with somebody else that's doing the same thing, fighting the same fight that you're fighting. So uh, any advice that you would give to somebody who is primarily on their own, but out there talking to other people in the field? Well, it's funny because the answer is actually technology, right? And it's and and what I've said, uh, you know, you could be forgiven if you're listening to this to thinking like, is this guy some kind of like Amish, like is he suggesting like a paleo <laughs> philosophy thing where it's like, you know, like return to tradition, like get rid of the the laptop, like leave your phone at home and try to try to be a, a real human, a primal human. But it is actually the greatest opportunity, I think, of technology because, you know, for, for a really long time in, in this industry, uh, you know, work or the, the job does have a weird isolation to it. And, you know, the parallel that I have for this is like I've spent a career working with founders of startups and entrepreneurs of like, you know, scaling businesses. And for those guys, it can be really lonely at the top of an organization with like hundreds of employees, right? Because what they're lacking is uh, peer support. What they're lacking is that connection with genuine peers. And there's a lot of responsibility, right, for the people, for for subordinate contributors that are under something. So, you know, if you're out in a sales environment, you're on, you're playing a role. There's a bit of theater to what you're doing. And you're not, again, you're not, it's the same thing. You might see 100 people in the week, but you're not... Uh, you're not connected to them. They're not, it's not the same thing as a bunch of other cave people sharpening their spears with you to go and take down the woolly mammoth, right? <laughs> and none of these people, uh, none of these, to, to get real paleo on you, like none of these people are leaving fruit on the tree for your kids, you know, for your offspring so that they can survive and thrive, right? Like that, that social dynamic, but I, I mentioned that because this is the stuff that we're hardwired neurologically to optimize our behavior around. It's easiest for human beings to be the most disciplined, long-term thinking, conscientious and industrious versions of themselves when they're connected to people who they view who they view as peers, right? Like we've got that connection to somebody who's got skin in the game with them. And so, and it doesn't happen necessarily with subordinate employees it doesn't necessarily happen with sales prospects either right like it's it's a certain type of accountability that you want to really create um and so yeah it's 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 something that we can do you actually can do with technology the cool thing about what you guys are doing is you've got this you you can potentially build a national network of people who are staying in touch and feeling like they're a part of a tribe uh, while they're going out and doing something that in the old days would actually be really isolating, right? Because right. it, it takes a lot to, uh, you know, death of a salesman is a tragic story about, you know, a, a very lonely person in the world, but it doesn't have to be that way anymore. Right. Um, so I think the greatest, thing, yeah, the greatest thing we could do for sales productivity is connect with other people for sure. Yeah. So in, in terms of, you know, I guess in our realm, people that are in in sales and in developing people, um, you know, I guess are there any things, any specific topics that you talk to sales professionals about in terms of in, well, whether it's increasing productivity or just increasing integrity to to capitalize on accountability or um, anything in that regard? Yeah, there's a couple. So let's yeah, let's dive in. There's a couple of interesting like kind of bugs, I think, you know, again, neurologically, like on the scientific side of, of psychology. One of the ones that I think um, that, I, that I think is a big deal is what we call at Commit Action, the action result gap, which is, you know, innately, any 
anything that we strive for in life, any goal, but particularly in business, we get a lot of dynamics like this. There is a gap between the action that's required, right? The, the action, the, the execution, the energy we have to put into something and the result actually happening. And some are bigger than others, right? You can actually understand a lot of human behavior by being able to evaluate like how, how long is that action result gap? So for example, eating a donut, uh, the payoff from taking that action in terms of the way it makes you feel is incredibly short. You take a bite, those high fructose torn, corn syrup, like goodness, that's hitting you right away, right? The action result gap is very small. You see, walk past the donut shop, smell the smell. You can be eating a donut in minutes and you're feeling great. You're actually feeling great before it even arrives because you're like anticipating that hit. <laughs> now, uh, getting in the best shape of your life, getting the six pack back, that has a substantial action result gap. If you, you know, one of the reasons that it's so difficult for people to, you know, manage their physical health and fitness is that you've got to, you got to like, if, if you decide to, you wake up one day and you're like, that's it. I'm going to turn my life around. I'm going to get real healthy. You have to eat healthy and exercise a little bit. Uh, for probably two or three weeks before you're going to have any material change, before you're going to be able to step on a scale and even say to your husband or your wife, hey, what do you know? I lost a pound. Right? It's <laughs> going to take like two weeks minimum. Um, and that's a long time to eat salads, right? Like for a human being, that's a that's a big gap of taking a lot of action and then the result actually showing up. So, you know, two or three weeks. And then if you can kind of keep it going, you can start to get into this positive cycle where you keep taking the action and you keep seeing the results. You weigh yourself every day and you start to see like, oh, this is actually working. But most people can't make it those two or three weeks. Now look at building, you know, it is in your industry, but I know in general for most entrepreneurs, they're like, oh, I'm going to go, I'm going to go do an action result gap that's like three years long, right? Like it's not three weeks, it's three years of shipping away, you know, like doing the thing and and the world, the market, whatever it is, not giving you the feedback, not closing the loop. And so, you know, what the human brain likes is instant feedback, back, the dopamine, the serotonin fix of like, you do the thing, you get the result. We love that. It's part of the reason why and my like shout out to my my millennial brethren watching this right it's part of the reason why video games are so seductive for for anybody who grew up playing them and i know a lot of a lot of the the, the younger generation of entrepreneurs there's a good overlap with gaming and you know video games are, are amazing release for people who are trying to build who are trying to play really long-term games and really go somewhere with their life because the cool thing about playing any video game is you can feel like you level up in an afternoon, you can pick it up for half an hour and watch a little dial go up and be like, eh, I'm winning. Right. <laughs> and what it's, so, it's so powerful because life doesn't give you a progress bar. Right. It would be so great if there was a little, every time you ate a salad, a little green circle got a little bit more fuller and you were like, Oh, here it goes. Here it goes. But it doesn't, it doesn't work like that. Yeah. yeah. And so, so this is one of the like one of the one of the things that I think we can do to kind of hack our nervous system and, and unlock a really high level of human performance is to essentially harness the same thing that the gamification industry is has harnessed, right? Like Apple, you know, I don't know if you guys are actually using the video of this in this interview, but Apple have built this multi-million, you know, this this billion dollar business around basically giving people feedback 
right? Like they came up with a really brilliant product with the Apple Watch where they were like, hey, there's an action result gap for being healthy. So we're going to give you rings that you have to fill up every single day. That metaphor I just described of a green ring, I was talking about the ring on an Apple Watch. It's a, you know, and it it really works. People really love this product because it's giving you the ability to make a game and measure something out of, uh, measure something when, when you're doing something that innately can't be measured. And so the, the science of this, when it comes to human behavior is, is actually really clear cut. It's it, it, the way to describe it without going into too much jargon is that you're, you're doing something that's called setting a proximal goal, proximal as in the same root of the word proxy. It's a proxy for what you really want. So no one wants to just fill the rings on their Apple watch. What they wanted, what they want is to be sexy at the beach. But being sexy at the beach has a huge action result gap. So what you what you do is you gamify the best available proxy. You start and 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 that's the Apple Watch. That's filling up the rings. That's doing the thing. This is this is a big thing that a lot of people like a lot of people can use to engage in really long-term incremental growth where they show up and do the work every single day is build build games out of the things that take the longest time to get the result. And the ingredients for this, we're going to come full circle. You'll see how I, I just become a one track, like a repeating record here, mm-hmm. one track kind of a guy. It's two steps. You got to me- you got to find something to measure in order ha- to have a game, right? There has to be a concrete, tangible, measurable thing that you can track. And then the second thing is you got to share it. You got to, because what makes it a game is that it's competitive. And so it's that human connection, that accountability that, uh, you know, that is so damn effective. Now, you, you know, you're in an industry where there's a lot, it's, it's direct sales, right? There's a lot of sales activity. I'll tell you a fun story about this. I, um, you know, worked with a guy who is a, a founder of a multi-billion dollar, I think it was a $2.4 billion valuation startup. Um, I want, I can't talk about my clients, the yeah. other people I've worked with one-on-one private people, but it was in a, you know, in a, in a, in an industry that had a big direct sales, um, you know, piece to it and they were nationwide. And so the way they built the company was like, Hey, we, you know, we got, we got customers in all these different, in all 50 states. So we got to hire salespeople in all 50 states because everybody knows you got to go do the work, pound the pavement, get in front of people. That's what helps them close. So what these guys found they, they built that sales team. They had someone in every state, you know, or multiple people in all these territories around the country, big national sales organization. What they found, they decided to do a test because it's a, it was a startup with a real culture of first principle scientific thinking where they were like, you know, how do we, how do we like test this assumption? They came up with the idea of what if we got a team of salespeople just in our offices in New York City? And they call out to, to territories all around, but they stay in the office, they come into the office, and they are a team who play the game of measurement and tracking against one another, with one another, you know, in a co-op, cooperative competitive, right, cooperative slash competitive environment, and we can manage them centrally. These guys smoked the regional salespeople because, because of the psychological effect, because of the monkey mind, bunches, bunch of social primates in a room figuring out how to win, how to build recognition and kudos with one another, right? And they all got paid their commissions, but but a large part of our wiring, like how we're built is to, 
you know, thrive and dominate and show the other monkeys that we're good at what we do, that we're valuable. Because again, that, that leads the other monkeys to leave enough fruit on the tree for us and our children, right? They're like, I want to hang out with this guy. I'm going to take care of him. And there's, that's the paleo, that's the paleo productivity argument for doing this stuff. So no, it's not always possible to kind of build a central sales boiler room environment, but it's, you know, all those cliches from that movie, Alec Baldwin, coffee is for closes, right? Like that, all of that stuff actually works because it harnesses these kind of bugs and features of the, of the human hardware, the neurological hardware we're using to drive really effective performance. So one of the best things that you can do as a salesperson is really figure out how it is that you're going to gamify it and then who you can just play the game with. Because like long-term, look, you need to be on a journey to be fulfilled of building the life that you want, of, of fulfilling the values that you want, becoming the kind of person you ultimately want to be. But short-term, this week, right, before Friday or whatever it is, that stuff isn't going to be super motivating. But what is going to be motivating is showing Jim and James that you're going to crush their faces when it comes to cold calling, whatever it is this week. And so, you know, that's something that we really do at Commit Action. We encourage entrepreneurs to look at, and everybody's unique. Everybody thinks, uh, my business is special. Like what part of what I do is an art. There's a part of it that just can't be measured. And we're like, no, 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 no. We're going to play this game of gamifying whatever it is that's high leverage that moves the needle, because that's how we're going to create a human psychology that doesn't get slowed down by the action result gap that, that makes it super fun. The ultimate evidence for this full circle back to the health is that's what CrossFit does. That's why CrossFit is such a cult phenomenon. It's why it's so successful and it's effective. If you want to get in the best shape of your life, just join the cult. It works every time because it gamifies it and it puts you in, not only does it gamify it where you're chasing your personal best, it puts you in an environment of other people who are doing the same thing. And that combo, the social accountability plus the measurement can't be beat. It works really well. Yeah. Results every time. Well, I'd yeah. Again, thank you so much for, for taking time. I, I've really enjoyed just hearing the stuff that you're talking about. I, I'd love to know just what, what am I not asking? What is the stuff that you are most passionate about sharing that, you know, maybe I haven't asked about yet or hasn't come up in conversation yet um, that would add value to the people listening? That is a, that's a, that's an interesting question. What are you, what else, what are you not asking? What's something, what I'd, my, my brain goes to like, what's something really weird that we could talk about here? <laughs> You want, okay, here, you want to hear some wacky, you want to hear some wacky psychology? I don't know what question this is, but here's a, here's a weird idea. So, um, this is, this is something I'm kind of obsessed with. So there's this thing in psychology called theory of mind. Um, theory of mind is a, is a, it's kind of a complex name for a simple thing. Theory of mind is the thing that humans have that allows us to perceive other minds, but beyond our own. Some people, some researchers in the field say that theory of mind is what differentiates us fundamentally at a psychological level from other animals and that other animals kind of like they know they're an animal. They see other things out there in the woods, but they're like, I don't know what those are. I just kind of react to them. That one might eat me. I want to eat that one. But they, they only know that they are a self. So theory of mind is what humans are able to do where we look at another human being or even a dog and we hypothesize, we have a theory inside of us that that is a mind. We're like, oh, I see it. It's wagging its tail. It wants that guy's cupcake. I see. I see what that dog's doing. It's a thing. It's a self, right? 
So yeah. we're able to, and this theory of mind is really important because from a psychological level, there's a big digression, but it's what makes us, it what makes us humans. It, it's what makes us nice people. Uh, it, it gives us the ability to empathize. It gives us the ability to put ourselves in someone else's shoes and go, I wonder what she's thinking right now, right? Whether we're a manager or a salesperson or like just in our romantic relationship. How does he feel when I say that? What does she think when, you know, like that's theory of mine where what is it like to be another person? So it's a really powerful thing. It enables us to do all sorts of social thinking that and 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 you know work in groups and make plans and conspire for the future and all that kind of stuff because we can engage with other people as fundamental entities just like ourselves. Now, that's all the background to, to what I'm about to tell you. One of the biggest personal development hacks of all time is the realization that we can have a theory of mind for our highest self. So not for, and everyone, when I say, when you say higher self, every like entrepreneur, everyone, every like high performing person, like they, they, they is prick up. They're like, I know what that is. <laughs> Your higher self. It's the person who's disappointed that you didn't get more done yesterday. Right. Like that internal bar that we have where we're like, I know what I'm capable of. And no one told us like our dad wasn't like, you're, you're, you're going to do great things. Even if he said that there's like a part of us that's like, oh, you have no idea. Right. right? There's like this internal thing that says I'm capable of this and you can have theory of mind for that. It's a self, not that you're seeing across the street, like, oh, there's another human being. You're seeing them across the future. They're not on the other side of the room. They're in the future. I don't know when our highest self is. For some people, it's next year. For some people, it's 20 years. It's who do you ultimately want to become? Right. When you walk through an airport and you see an airport bookstore with some personal development book on it and you're like, I should get that. That seems interesting. Why? Who is it you imagine? Like, what is this journey that you're on and who is it that you imagine that you're becoming? So one of the coolest things that we can do for just leveling ourselves up is we can develop our theory of mind. We can flesh it out, our theory of mind for our higher self. We can ask ourselves, who is this person? What type of things do they do? What do they think is important? What do they think they should do with their time? How does our highest, best version of ourselves spend his or her day, right? What does he wake up thinking? What does he value? Like what's important to him that's not important to me? This is a, it's a profound psychological hack because it gets us out of this lower version of ourselves, this more mammalian, like the part of you that's like wants the donut and like wants to watch Netflix and not do whatever it is that you know you could be doing, right? And it starts to really engage the neocortical front brain version of ourselves that's the part where we assemble in the future this projection of what might be possible. And you can actually design a, a to-do list. You can start to come up with a plan for yourself by identifying, you let the pressure off you now, you don't have to be this person now, but just identifying what that highest version of yourself is, what it might look like in the future, what your theory of mind is for it. Try to empathize with it, understand like who this person is, what type of things they do, how they spend their time. And then you have a personal development to-do list. Then you have something that you can spend your time working towards in the moment. And any day you wake up, and just 1%, half of a percent, tilt your life in the direction of what your highest self would do, that's a good day. 
that becomes the new North Star for like setting goals and being like the optimum version of yourself, right? Yeah. I like my my personal journey for this was when I had kids, I like took a when I, I you know, when my son was first, my first son was born, I stopped exercising. I think a lot of new dads do that. Like I just like, you know, like I was just like, eat the, eat the chips. I'm super tired, like call, get the uh-huh. delivery food, like whatever. <laughs> and eventually I reconnected with this theory of mine for my higher self. And I realized there was this lack of alignment because I was like, my higher self, this guy I imagine I'm going to one day be. He's kind of like this, like pretty badass, like polymath of a dude who's like got his shit together physically, and he he actually enjoys exercise, and it's like a daily thing. And then I was like, oh man, I'm not I'm not being my higher self. And so this the slight transformation was just like I got to start to do every day just a little bit of what the best version of me would ultimately want to do in 20 years or 10 years or whatever. If I'm going to have any hope of one day being that person, so. Yeah, get that theory of mind for the best version of yourself, your highest self out there. And, uh, you know, you can apply it to your business goals. You can apply it to your personal. What's really cool about it is that it actually transcends either of those buckets, right? It's it's holistic. It's truly uh, a map for your total development as a human being. Then when you start applying the gamification and the social accountability to that to-do list, life gets really cool really fast. Heck yeah. Yeah. Who you're someday going to be, you're now becoming, and if you're not making steps in the right direction immediately, then, you know, it's, it's not going to happen. So that's, yeah. And everything you do, obviously it's really difficult and it to have the the discipline consistently and the willpower consistently to, you know, go out and make those things happen take those best steps forward. Um, but that's what your business is all about, right? Commit action is about putting systems in place to help people hold themselves accountable to the things that they know they need to do to reach that highest self and write the best, the best business they can build, the best self of themselves they can build and all of that. Right. That's accurate. Yeah. Right on. Like our, the, so the whole thing that we do is, you know, our, we're, it's a service. We give people a coached weekly ritual. It's a 20 minute weekly ritual where they show up and, and be the best version of themselves possible and make plans for the next seven days to, to show up and be the best version of themselves possible. It's a weekly ritual. Everyone should have a weekly ritual. And like everyone on earth should have a weekly ritual of sitting down and asking themselves, what's the highest leverage ultimate use of my time in the next seven days? And so like everyone should do that, right? Sunday night, Monday morning, Friday night, Wednesday afternoon, I don't care. Just once a week, sit down and ask yourself, what's the highest leverage use of my time? What we did with Commit Action was ask the question, what if it took no willpower to do that? You just have to show up if somebody else calls you. And so commit action is a coached weekly ritual where one of our highly trained commit action coaches phones up our client and is like, let's do it. Let's make the plan. So we walk him through this methodology where we reflect on the week that's been. We build a plan for the highest leverage use of their time only. We're not a productivity company concerned with like helping people answer their emails or clear their inbox or tidy their garage. We actually just want to know what's the highest leverage use of your time. And and we block time out. We create like a sacred calendar where you commit to going and doing those things. And it requires no willpower at all. You just show up, right? You show up to that call and then you get the plan. Now it requires willpower and all of that to do the to, to do the execution. But this is the amazing hack of social accountability. You can hire a professional accountability coach. And then all you've got to do is answer the call 
And you take that small step towards being the better version of yourself that week. And so that's the hack, right? Is we're trying to, we're trying to remove the demand of willpower because what's really difficult is being the best version of yourself totally alone. And that's the revolution. Like that's what we don't want to have a monopoly on is like, if you want to unlock your life, get a commit action coach for your work product, for your work productivity, for your high leverage stuff that you want to move forward. Join CrossFit, hack your brain that way, right? Like, Join one of these things. Join some sort of exercise cult. Like we want to, <laughs> we want to try to. I mean, here's the other revolutionary suggestion: just play sports, right? Like that's like get a team of people and do stuff that's fun that makes you move your body. That's that's how it's supposed to work. So you know, really, what I'm passionate about is the de-atomization of high-performing humans because there's a lot of people out there, and it pains me to see really smart, really ambitious, high performance people who are working 10 times harder to maintain their being in the zone than they need to because they're living a fundamentally isolated life. That's like, dude, bro, just doesn't have to be this hard. You know, like you can do all of this and some, you can actually be more effective by having more fun. It's just by plugging yourselves Unplugging from the matrix and plugging yourselves back into humanity. So we built a we built a technology empowered service to do that. That's what Command Action is all about. It's uh, it's pretty cool. And yeah, I encourage your your listeners to come check us out. CommitAction.com. Absolutely. And yeah, just so you guys know, like full transparency, right? Uh, Commit Action doesn't pay me to to be on the podcast or anything like that. It's actually the opposite. I pay them to hold me accountable to the things that I need to do to build to build the business. And uh, it's been extremely helpful. And that's why I reached out to, to Peter to, to ask if he would spend some time talking about this whole idea of the, the psychology behind accountability. So if you feel like, you know, having a little bit extra accountability would add a lot of value to your life and to your business, you know, give them a reach. What's the, the best way is just to commitaction.com. Is that right, Peter? Yeah, commitaction.com. There's a ton of great, great stuff to come and check out. I mean, on that page, you're going to be able to learn all about the methodology. You'll be able to learn about the science behind what we do. Even more so, there's a big rabbit hole to go down. There's a whole free training on a bunch of the stuff we've talked about and how to do it like tactically um, that we talked about today. We've got a lot of stuff. And I think there's a pretty easy way to even just have a conversation with one of our coaches if you want to do that for free at, at the website. So yeah, we're easy to get a hold on. Awesome. Well, thanks again, Peter, for taking the time. I've really enjoyed just hearing everything that you've talked about. And and again, just our time. Yeah, man. Super fun. Thanks for having me. Cheers. Absolutely, man. This has been an Elevated Podcast production. Thank you so much for tuning in. Be sure to check out our Instagram page at Elevated Financial. Like, share, and let us know what you want to hear more of.